0: Yet another episode of the Immersive Irony Podcast. We're back again. We weren't gone that long, at least, I suppose. Alex is on the podcast with me. What's going on, man?
1: Uh, it's doing great. Like, everything's like, like, it's awesome. Like, the, well, it's actually, this this episode's going to kind of be a little depressing, but I'm doing great, but the episode's going to be a little depressing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel bad about today's episode. Uh, because of what we're going to be discussing, but you know, we're going to talk about it because that's really the only thing we can do is, is to talk about it with friends, uh, about this loss. But first let's talk about other news before we eulogize.
1: Yeah. So, um, uh it's, uh, February 20th for everyone to know. Yes, so you yes. can figure out, um, what this Maybe. relates to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh let's see the news here. We've got Wonderland Eurasia closed forever and then actually gonna be open again. Um <laughs> it, within within the span of like a week, uh it looks like Erdogan in Turkey got his wish and a new company, which is called ECS Still Textile, will come in and operate the park, which ran for four weeks last year in some capacity. Is that all? Pretty much. And I think... I don't even know if it was four weeks. It may have been less than that. It may have been more like three weekends. With two of them being free. Yeah, it's... um, It's something else. It is something else. Uh, You know, it has 17 coasters. Many of which never opened during its period of operation. Um... Maybe they get everything open now, you'd hope so, but sitting around for three or four years at a time is probably not the best way to uh, to do things. Um, I don't know, I guess we don't get to see these rides redistributed anywhere, though I don't know that we really care that much either, because most of them are, are pretty, they're, it's all pretty much off-the-shelf rides, but some may be better than, better than others. Any thoughts about
1: this thing? I mean, this whole park has been – I mean, there's so much more than just this amusement park opening with a bunch of crappy clones. As you said, there's a few standouts, like the, um, the Tenon version Intamin. I haven't done one yet, but, I mean, they – you've been on Colossus. It was it was yeah, fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean,
0: admittedly, it was a long time ago, and it may not be fun anymore, but,
1: you know. Yeah, but there'll be a the funner one up north anyways this year, so yeah. – Yeah. With lap bars, so. Uh, but – and then there's some other random cool stuff but like then there's just like the the cool and fresh yep the svf uh, the Jet vertical Star. drop coaster yeah yeah just it's a bunch of random stuff and then there's a lot of political stuff behind the whole park and it's um yeah they couldn't get the park open and then i believe the same company that owns um the happy valley parks i believe Yes, One of the Chinese companies was the one who uh, got the bid to actually operate it. And I I guess that didn't work out too well. And I I had no idea that it was that little of a run. Um, Our buddy Bannister certainly ran out there quickly. Yes, he
0: did. (laughs) He got, I think, like
1: four of the coasters.
0: I mean, there's There's like an entire knockoff Transformers land at this park. uh, Is there really? Yeah.
1: And two Wacky Worms.
0: Yeah, if you look at the pictures... That are on RCDB. CDB, um, you know. Obviously, it was not open for very long. It was open bas- basically for a couple weekends in April last year, and um, there's a lot of pictures. I mean, they were claiming 2,000 plus attractions. Yeah, that was uh, which was hilarious. based on like them having coin operated rides and stuff. I mean, it was um, and arcade games and things of that nature. I, I, I am, I for one am interested to see it reopen and see how long it lasts. I'm not rushing out there for a lot of reasons. Not the least of which is the concern that I would be imprisoned upon arrival. Um so
1: uh,
0: oh well I mean like I've I've never I've never been a huge fan of the leader of the country. And um okay. I don't know what they what they keep record wise. So
1: Oh, okay. You, yeah, I don't. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. The internet's a thing. I mean, I could just like you know, and delete. It, but I, I don't know if that matters.
1: My my step aunt says it best. Why go to places that they instantly hate you for where you are from? Right. Why? Why give them money? Why do that? It's not even like a. I don't think Turkish people hate. I've been to Turkey before.
0: It's just. When you have a, kind of a dictator in charge. Yeah. yeah. You know, if I don't necessarily have a positive opinion about the dictator and he imprisons anyone that has bad opinions about him, then it's, it's a tough deal. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily be targeted, but I don't know that I wouldn't be. So as much as I like Turkey and thought it was cool when I went, um, I'm not in a rush to go back as a result, so... That's that, I suppose. Um, mm. Speaking of things closing, we have Skyline Park in Germany is closing Sky Dragster. Which, yeah. Which suggests that perhaps uh, Carnival Cruise Lines, as, as well as other cruise lines, will soon be toting what could be the first and second uh, SBNO coasters at sea. Not, uh, not the best way to go about things, but, you know.
1: Yeah, uh, um... I mean, there's a... I don't know. I, I wrote it. Um. Eventually, you'll be able to see my full opinions and, and my experience in video form. But it was... I don't know. It was interesting. It, it just... All I could take away from it was looking at those cars is like... They are the most complex looking vehicles I've ever seen. There are so many tubes, wires, like there's like literally hydraulic lines and crap on those things. Like mm-hmm. they are so incredibly complicated. Um, I mean, it's a cool complex. Like, uh, it was a cool experience. Like how you could, you could time your boost to go over the hills faster and stuff like that. You control uh, the throttle and then you have like a boost and stuff like that. It's, it's cool, but this was also the prototype. So, but then again, the one in Italy, did it even open last year? It
0: did at the end of July. And the reviews of that ride are basically that it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, so, so it opened and I think it had a lot of problems. So it's not... Don't book your cruise if you're trying to get the credit right now. <laughs> wait wait yeah. a second to see how, how things work with that. And if uh, they've figured it out after the... Third try um, I mean it's gonna be mighty tough to get
0: parts at sea if they need something air you know airlifted out um, yeah
1: when you're a moving target and all that stuff <clears and> then, <throat> yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I don't I don't know I'm very suspect of it um, I think the idea is cool I really do but I mean when you constantly hear like it, it doesn't work it breaks down all the time
1: yeah, they were running one car when I was uh, in Germany, at the Germany one. And man, I w- I went there, uh, like right after the Scorchcroft Wildcat, I-, I went straight there. I was just like that. Yeah, that's going to be terrible later. Which was the right decision. I was able to ride it twice. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's yeah. uh, more is just interesting how they've they they you know there was the rumors that they had ceased production of all amusement rides and. But maybe they haven't, or obviously they haven't completely. But they're definitely not doing as many rides as they were doing in the mid two, in the like two thousands and early aughts, or the early you know teens and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. it's um I don't know. They feel like they've kind of been passed up by Gershawler, Basically, I've always kind of like interchanged those two, especially in the mid two thousands, because it kind of felt like they were kind of doing the same things. In a way, you know, launch coasters and and stuff like that. But it seems like one has really won out, and Gershler has come such a long way since we first rode the uh, trains on CCIs. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness!
0: Yeah, yeah. No, they've they've they have come an enormous distance, and they actually build quality stuff.
1: If you told me the first time I rode Twisted uh, Sisters or Sister, what was Twisted Sisters. Yeah. Later, Twisted Twins because you know Twisted Sister didn't like that too much. Um, if I said I would be praising them twenty years later for like really fantastic rides, I would have been like, "Uh huh, sure." Also, who the heck is this company?
0: <laughs> like the wood coaster people? Like those things are horrible. No, yeah, yeah. that's how it turned
1: out. I mean, not to say that the the most modern wood coaster they built was any good, but it wasn't. Actively bad, like all those Gerschlawler trains. It just wasn't very exciting.
0: It's and to be fair, like they were just the company that they sourced from the same people that did the Intamin ones. So,
1: right, yeah, you
0: know, it's, it's more of a layout thing, probably more than anything. In any case, um, and also mock as well has really risen and brought their game up a lot in terms of the coaster thing. And sure. I think Mauer just doesn't. They have stuff that's out there, but it just does not resonate in the same way.
1: Uh, It seems like they were doing really good when they got that contract for Universal. And I mean, that thing was, I think it's quoted at like $35 million, but that could have been like a lot of other things other than the ride system. But those trains are incredibly complex with all the lighting and the music, and considering it's like 10 years old now. Yeah. Especially back then. Today probably wouldn't be as much of a challenge, but still a lot of technology in those things. Yes. But uh speaking of the Orlando market, we knew this was coming. But we're not getting a birthday cake. Not getting the <laughs> cake again. I like the cake. The cake was nice. It I was a fan of the cake. It was it was interesting. I, I would have like I don't know. I, I kinda liked it. I know lots of people just just are sort of like what are you doing disney i kind of liked it for how absurd it was yeah it was like we're going to do something crazy people are never going to forget it and people are still going to talk about it yeah. and it wasn't like it was hardly bad it just was very very different and i don't know a lot of people got upset because it ruined my my once in a lifetime picture in front of the castle okay but, anyways, the, they're getting a makeover for the 50th anniversary. Um, pretty much just a paint job and a lot of gold accents, so it looks very classy. I'd, say. I think it's a very, very good decision by them.
0: Yeah, I think it looks. It looks like it'll be nice. I, I'm not surprised that it, it's going to be nice. Um, yeah, I mean it. You know, it makes me happy. I'm, I'm pleased to see them do some more work to that and. You know, I, I think we had this discussion during the last thing. It's like, you know, there is a fair amount of work that Disney's been doing. it's It's easy to be critical of them at times, but I think quite honestly, they've done a solid job. i I can't be mad about this. this is this is not an improvement they needed to make, but they they're doing it anyways. And they, they've built enough stuff at Walt Disney World that I think people can maybe be a little satisfied. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's okay.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, not like, it's not like the huge era that Magic Kingdom got no really big additions for, what was it, like 15, 20 years? Was, it was a long time, right?
0: It was a long time,
1: yeah. I mean, like, really big, like,
0: individual, like, non-replacement type things. Well, I, I guess a lot of stuff that they've done is even a replacement, but... um. You know, this, the scope of the attractions that they've built, they really had not been doing in a, in a long time. A long time. Um, and even stuff that's not technically an attraction, like the Skyliner. I mean, that's a hell of an infrastructure improvement, uh, which yeah. also turns out to be a ride. So, that's kind of a, a plus, too. A free ride, no less. Um, yeah. Japanese coasters. So... Yeah, let's let's talk about something positive here. Yeah. Um... So Japan has been kind of a mess for a while, um, and, you know, we've discussed in previous podcasts about Misaki and Toshiman closing. Um, Venus has turned up at Rituzo, I think it is, uh, Rituzo Resort, and I want to say that there, I know that that coaster's there, I, I think that maybe the launch coaster went somewhere else as well. I-
1: I think that went to this, uh, this, uh, the Spain themed park.
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: Oh no, park no, no! S- no. I take S- that
0: back. It's at, it's in Russia oh. now. It's at what? Golden City. Oh. Is what is being reported on our CDB? Titan Max is definitely done. That that seems to have been scrapped for sure.
1: No, yeah, we had pictures of it being crushed. For up. You know the big scissor things that they attached to a backhoe.
0: But, yeah, it looks as though at least two of the coasters will, will live on, which is good. Um, and in one case, you know, the place that it went to is a park that hasn't really seen any sort of significant capital improvements uh, in a while. Like, their last coaster was a very nondescript Togo Mouse, And, you know, while they have a decent number of coasters there... Um, there's none that I would, by any stretch of the imagination, argue is, a you know, a standout coaster to the American market with perhaps the exception of the fact that they have the ultra twister, not just a ultra twister, but the ultra twister,
1: the one, the one you that want has to a ride. dive loop.
0: Yeah. 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 And if you haven't and, done an ultra twister, then, you know, I, I'm sorry, but, um,
1: I think all of then, us have.
0: You, I, and loop. Joe have all been on Ultra, Ultra Twister at World, right?
1: Yeah, and then I wasn't so interested in this until I found out that it's the only one operating at this point. But the the shuttle loop from Meshu? Oh, machines, it, it has... Oh! Oh! Yeah, it's the only one oh. remaining. Operational. I had no idea... Like, there were so many of those in Japan. I had no oh. idea they were down to one. So that, like... Before it was just like, okay, that's a weird looking shuttle loop. But if you don't know, it's a shuttle loop that lifts you forward on a very not that much of a steep incline, and then you come to a flat section of track after a lift hill, and then there's like a little bump. Think like roller coaster tycoon, how you'd have to do the shuttle loops back like before they actually like programmed them like real world way. And then they would go back down the, that that lift hill, then through the station, and then down a hill into a loop into a reverse spike and then you know you go back through the rest of the thing so it's like almost a terrain coaster as well it's uh just the fact that it's the only one remaining now it's like oh I gotta but it, it, it's it's nowhere near Tokyo unfortunately it's in, it's not even on the same island though yeah it's on it's on
0: the it's on Hokkaido Island which is the northern island I know Raymar went there are I don't know if you did you ever meet Raymar
1: I don't know. I don't
0: think so. You would. He has piercings. Um, oh, the,
1: the 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 the. Oh, that was in Sean's videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Raymar,
0: Raymar did a week in Japan before the 2005 trip that Sean uh, obviously detailed on YouTube. Look up Sean Flaherty on YouTube.
1: Oh my and God, that series there. is so good. Yeah,
0: it's a great series. Um, and his new series from last year is also very good. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting to look back and see that change. You know, over like almost a 15-year period from one trip to the next. Um, No, that is okay. The fact that it's that park and it's it's got those two things is dramatically changed my thought process. Yeah, you fly to you got to fly to Tokyo and then connect to Sapporo. That's what you got to do. But, but I, I now pretty, I actively
1: want to do that. a beautiful that. part of uh, Japan too, though, because it's very mountainous, right? Yeah, this is this is like where the ski resorts are at. Sapporo has. Yeah, it the is a ski Olympics resort. Once. So I, most of the Japan parks are year-round, if I'm not mistaken. But I assume this one probably is not. <laughs>
0: I assume this one is also not because it's going to be really cold and really snowy. Um, matter of fact, if you look, they have they have you know on-site accommodations with uh, fancy baths and. Uh, Nice hotel rooms and a carousel in the lobby, it looks like, based on the photographs on Google. So it's probably a very nice ski resort, and then you can probably go in the summer for less money and enjoy the actual theme park. Uh, And also whitewater rafting, apparently. So Mm. I am very interested.
1: Very rare uh, mortar ride, which is even crazier, that was designed by Skorchkoff that's... uh... Uh, Yeah, like, uh, aside from Titan, like, that was what I was sad that I never got to go to Space World for. So if this thing gets rebuilt, uh, I'm all in. But uh, also, uh, a coaster that you were very excited to ride this year, and unfortunately you weren't able to, has reopened. Uh, Yeah, Surf Coaster at
0: uh, Hakajima Sea Paradise reopened as of 221, which is technically right now. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think it reopens in like roughly 30 minutes in Japan from what <laughs> we're speaking right now. So, um, very happy that it reopened. A lot of times when stuff happens in Japan, it can linger on forever and never reopen or yeah, maybe like years. Steel Dragon. Steel Dragon is the classic example. Thunder Dolphin. Um, <laughs> yep, Thunder Dolphin was same, same deal. So, uh, very happy that it's reopened. You know that'll make uh, that'll make me probably spend more time in the Yokohama area next time I go, and uh, I'm fine with that because I didn't get to go the other I didn't get to go to Cosmo World either. So now, even more Yokohama fun to have, um, and that's that's a huge Togo non-looping coaster. It's it's kind of like a proto uh, hyper coaster in a lot of ways because it predates I think Magnum as well, but it's you know no loops, 150 feet tall, lots of helices. Uh, hopefully it's
1: better than Bandit, but who knows? Well, it's uh, definitely better in one aspect. Is it um, what closed it down? Unfortunately, was an incident with the new trains that only have left bars.
0: Yes, yes, that's true. Um, and also, the ride itself is pretty much completely over water, which is yeah. very unique.
1: And very, when we're talking unique. water, not some like little man-made lake that you know the park made. No, we're talking like the
0: bay. ocean. We're-
1: yeah, the ocean. <laughs> like, the actual ocean. Um, yeah, with just footers that go directly into the water. It's, uh... I don't even know what you could compare it to. It's it's like...
0: it. Uh, it's not a pier coaster. It's like, it is the
1: pier, yeah. is the way I would put it. Yeah, and it's like a smaller version of Fujiyama, basically. Yeah, pretty
0: similar in, in a lot of ways in terms of uh, the, the layout and, and what it is. It's you no, know, not very many giant drops, but it looks like it probably has some airtime. It looks like it's a fun ride, and, and the scenery has got to be fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. Highly interested in, in doing that.
1: All right. So, but most We have danced around this long ever. enough. Yeah, that's the title for this podcast, easily. Um, Apex Parks is closing the former Martins Fantasy Island. It's been known just as Venice Island for the last few years, and they're closing Indiana Beach. So, you want to talk a little about a history of Apex or anything? Um, we've discussed
0: <coughs> we've discussed Apex a few times in the past. Um, they uh, they were basically founded by Al Weber. Um, he was able to find capitalization for his idea about kind of creating a new theme park company, to to maybe take over some of these smaller regional parks that were looking at needing leadership changes and FECs and that sort of thing. And um, unfortunately, Al Weber died pretty much in year one of the plan. Tragically, and, too. Yeah. Um, and so they've gone through a couple of replacements. By all accounts, Indiana Beach was profitable last year, but it is a park that has had a lot of uh, maintenance that was deferred during its previous ownership by Morgan RV, Uh, there were a lot of costs associated with operating the park. A lot of costs would be associated with trying to maintain the park. And the decision was made, apparently at the top levels of, of whoever funds Apex, to not continue the operation of the park. The park itself is not owned on land, that is owned by Apex. It is owned by Store Master Funding 8 LLC. Um,
1: you did and some
0: research. Ma- yeah, yeah, I did cool. do some research. I had been tipped to this. Um so basically, the the park itself is is owned by this thing, Master Funding, is sort of the parent company, Master Funding Solution, Solutions or Storecapital.com is their website. Uh they basically buy land and then lease it back to whoever sold them the land. Uh, I'm sure there was a long-term lease that was involved. And I doubt that they had any plans for the real estate, Uh, you know, basically just planning to make money on that lease basis for an eternity. So you have a landowner that didn't really want the land, And you have... And I want to say they don't really want the land. I mean, obviously the land, in both the cases of barnes Passy Island, which I I am told is under the same situation. I did not look up their records from the county as I did Indiana Beach. Um, But Indiana Beach, as I did, um, my guess is that they don't have any plans for the land or developing it. Nor would they. The lease was broken on them. So... They're in the position of having rides that they didn't want. I don't know at what point those rides become part and parcel of their land when they would take ownership of them, if ever. I don't know how that works. In the legal sense, I don't know what their agreements are. Um, Though I have to assume that at some point, the rides being there is effectively being abandoned. And I don't know how long the folks with Apex have to sell off the assets in the park and move them out before them being claimed by uh, store funding. So, you know, if store funding wants to make it an amusement park again, but they take and sell the trains, the brakes, the operation systems, all the lighting fixtures, etc., etc., from the coasters and the other attractions that they don't move, Um, and then, you know, anything that they can move, they, they sell at a liquidation price, then you don't have a functioning amusement park to sell or to, to run. So I think somebody else on someone on wrecked out roller coaster, one of the five people still posting there said <laughs> Indiana Beach is either a functioning amusement park or it's a derelict amusement park. And there's no in between. And I tend to agree with that assessment.
1: So. A lot of things would have to happen for it to ever open again, basically, you're saying.
0: It's not a situation of just sign this, you know, petition and they'll reopen it or sell it. it. That's why it couldn't be sold. You can't sell. It's not that you can't sell the park without the land, but the land is an attractive asset to go with the park. Um, so, so we're
1: saying here Apex can, what they're going to try to do is sell off as much as they can, get as much money as it is, and then whatever they leave, it's that's... If they can abandon stuff, they probably will.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, the wood coasters are going to get abandoned. There's no way yeah. that
1: anyone's going to acquire them. Just is what a lot is. of things I think at Indiana Beach are going to get abandoned because a lot of that stuff is purpose built for that park. Uh, like Frankenstein's
0: Castle, I, I can't see what they're going to get out of that except maybe selling some of the props to people right. as as souvenirs or <clears throat> um the dark ride, same thing, um. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff there, and I don't know, infrastructure-wise, I mean, you can sell the water slide tower, you can sell the inner tubes, I mean, there's things like that that you can do, but I don't know what they're going to get for it cash-wise, particularly when they're also flooding the market with what's at Martin's Fantasy Island at the same time. I mean, for the the, the market is basically going to go from, you know, zero wood coaster trains presently for sale to, like, six five or six in in a matter of minutes.
1: And ones Um, that also have a lot of life on them. A lot of life on them. And maybe not so great maintenance. I mean, this is not to say that Indiana beach can't return, but
0: it, the odds of it doing so are very minimal because of this relationship. It's going to be very difficult for that property owner to turn around then and want to work with anybody to run a park. Also because for the same reason, like, why would you want to reopen this park and then have somebody else do the same thing to you two or three years down the line? Um, that said, it's devastating to the local economy of Monticello, Indiana. Like, it's bad. That's bad for them, real bad. That kills their tourist yeah, base. Just they the don't whole... have a tourist space.
1: Yeah, around... The... I'm sure some people will have their cottages complain about the place, but at the same time, like... It exists. That whole area exists because of Indiana Beach. I mean, like,
0: the people that had the cottages only started to complain when they weren't able to pull their boats up and dock for free. That was a major thing on Facebook about a year or so ago, when Apex stopped allowing free portage for local boats. Oh. But, but up okay. until then, they loved it. Because you could get in a boat, drive over to Indiana Beach, park it, and then go eat tacos or ride a coaster or something and then take your boat back over to your cottage. Um, now that now they couldn't do that. Now, of course, they can't do it at all, because the park's closed. And they're going to have a bunch of cottages facing an abandoned amusement park, which, you know, not an ideal scenario. So I'll be interested to see what happens and just how quickly they're able to strip mine what they can off that park. Like, do they scrap things? I feel like, or I feel like the walk? only
1: way we can, like, seek some kind of positive way, you know, just maybe the community come together, right?
0: But, but but I mean, they can't, like, they don't Yeah, I know. That's the problem. They can't. Like, until until whatever's there is abandoned, quote-unquote. And for all we know, they're going to end up looking at the stuff that's there, like Cornball Express and Who's Your Hurricane, and if they can make money off of scrapping the metal for those, maybe they tear them down in a couple months' time. I don't know. I really don't know. I have no clue. I have no clue what their agreement says with with the landowners. But I know they don't own that land. And they have to get their stuff off of it. That's just what it is. And they're going to try and get it off as soon as they can and flip it for money as soon as they can. I, I don't know that they really know what the value of those assets are on the open market, and I don't know that they have nearly the value that they believe they do. But to me, it's, you know, the thing about Indiana Beach is this is a historic park. It's been there for almost 100 years. Um, one of the best walkthroughs in the country, uh, you know, maybe the dark ride isn't anything special, but it had a great wood coaster in Cornwall Express, a passable one in Hoosier Hurricane, Lost Coaster of Superstition Mountain was an insane ride, you know, really cool sky ride, uh, really interesting flat ride selections. Uh, up until last year, at least, the food selection there was really cool. Uh, you know, made great use of outside vendors and had a fascination parlor, had really cool arcade games. I mean, you go down the line, you know, Indiana Beach, in its primacy, in, you know, when I first went there in, like, 2001, 2003, that era, when it was still owned, I think, by the Speckmans. Was the the family name? Um, it was it was a really great park. I would say it was one of the best traditional parks in the country. And then they were owned by Morgan RV, and it just went straight in the dumpster. Um, I I just I don't know what the the bed and breakfasts and the um, the local campgrounds and the local hotels and the drive-in movie theater and the mini-golf's and all that stuff in that town. I don't know how they can possibly survive without this park. I don't. Otherwise, it's surrounded by places that have signs like meth watch on them. I, I just, I, I think it's devastating for the people there. I think it's devastating as an amusement fan, knowing what this park meant and could be and what its potential was, and uh, you know, to know that a, a really, a really great park a really great park could go from being at the top of its game to gone in 10 or 15 years. It's just, it's gutting. It's tough for me. Uh, more recently than I went to that park and not by a whole lot, because I think I went to both of them in 2017 was Martin's fantasy Island. Um, and, uh, you know that we are also losing, um, I can't say that Marnes Fantasy Island or Fantasy Island, as it's now known, is an equivalent loss to me, but it's definitely a big loss to that community as well. Um, that park, in a lot of ways, kind of replaced Crystal Beach for some people, um, you know, which is a famed amusement park that serviced the, the Buffalo community and Niagara Falls community. Um. Silver Comet which was you know modeled in some ways after the comet from Crystal Beach was a was a solid ride um it had a, a very interesting kind of double double personality of like these kind of, kind of carnivalish rides its water slide area and then it also had this this old school like western type of vibe to it with like uh canoe boats that you could rent and paddle around kind of a small version of uh, the rivers of America that they had um, Park opened, I think it's two flags over Niagara Falls or something like that in the 70s or 60s. <coughs> um, it was just uh, at its best it was kind of a cutish park. It was definitely not a perfect park, definitely not my favorite park. Um, and again, you know that was a park that was perfectly fine. had nothing really going on with it that was negative. It just was going to cost money to keep it up. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's going to cost a lot of money in tax revenue to the town. It costs jobs. Uh, local politicians are, of course, furious, but they don't know what they can do. And nobody does. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, Western New York Assemblyman, Sean Ryan, said... Irresponsible private equity companies like Apex buy up properties they don't know how to manage, run them into the ground, and then try to score a quick profit by selling off the remnants of their mismanagement. And it's tough to argue against that. It really is. I know what potential was there with Indiana Beach. I know it would have been a challenge in some ways to get back to where it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago. But it could have been done. Would have taken some time, would have taken some effort, taken a lot of promotion, but... You look at what happened with Kentucky Kingdom and how that turned around and how it's been having incredible years attendance-wise. It's not a perfect park, but it's a nice park. And uh, they've done a great job there. And there's nothing that could have been duplicated there at at Indiana Beach uh, with the right people and the the right backing. They just didn't have it. So uh, it sucks. I was planning to go there this year, for sure. It's been a couple years since I've been, and I like it. Um, about four hours away from me. So this this kills two parks that were within that like four or five hour range. Can't go to either one of them now. Um, that sucks. Sucks a lot. There's not not a whole lot of amusement parks being built out there with three wood coasters, let alone one. So,
1: um, I'm so, bummed because I had great times there. I had some bad times there too. And that's what I wanted to talk about. My, my experience is here. Um, yeah. We'll come back to Indiana Beach. But Fantasy's Island, uh, I spent an evening and then like an hour. So I don't really have that much experience there. It, it was a nice park in the front, but the back was basically a, a fairground. I mean, yeah. as we know, the, the, up until a point with the previous owners, he, he would uh, put the rides on the the fairground circuit during the winter and so it it, it it and it felt like that it looked like that for the most part but the and, and you power... know what, in in the in in full disclosure
0: too, you know and maybe we did this on a podcast together i don't even remember maybe we just talked about it privately when i went there the last time i saw them have a complete brake failure
1: yes no that's like the most that terrifying is the only thing part I've that i've
0: ever contacted state authorities to say that i was there for an accident
1: you actually did that. I told reported. you to do that. I didn't know if you actually ever yeah, did. I did. I did. <laughs> well, you should. When a when a, a crazy mouse car uh, crashes into another one, and then slips through the brakes, <laughs> that,
0: and then crashes insane. into another car, like
1: that's like multiple failures. But. Uh, uh, Martin's, I, I don't know. I had a good time. I, I really don't have anything bad to say about it. I wish I had had more time on it, and this year was going to be the year, actually, that I was going to finally, like, that and Marineland, because I was I'm, I was more worried about Marineland closing than Yeah, honestly, Martins. like, Marineland
0: is probably pretty close to to being in some trouble. And and um considering that, I I don't know... It seems weird that that, that that western New York area could have, you know, at least three fairly healthy parks and marine land, and then be down to just two in no time at all. But that's a very real possibility. But on the flip side, I could say the same thing about, about Cincinnati, how Coney Island, Cincinnati, and the beach basically both are done now. The beach is done?
1: That was That was the word at the end of last year, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's just keep this uh, depression podcast going. No, I mean, like, this is this is
0: not like, jeez. Honestly, this is like a kind of a shitty year, yeah, or shitty off season because, um, you know, Coney Island, Cincinnati, Clementon, Clementon. I mean, I'm not saying like all these are the best parks in
1: the world, but like a lot of can these I, parks. I can I say something? And I know I. I I'm glad they're doing better right now. It's great. But my last visit to Conneaut Lake, I said, this place should close. This place looks depressing. This place looks terrible. The fact that it's surviving Indiana Beach is closing, what what world are we in? Like, the... Yeah, the Conneaut Lake
0: is, is still around, right? Coney Island is thriving with, like – um With uh, Dino's expanding into the 13th Street Amusements, finally, for all sorts of rumored new stuff, and then you've got Indiana Beach, Coneyot, or not Indiana Beach, Clementon, Coney Island, Cincinnati, and and Fantasy Island. None of which, for the record, have indicated that they've been losing money. Not one has indicated that they lost money, but they closed anyways.
1: Yeah, I've heard really good things about attendance and everything from all these places. It just seems like it's a company that had no heart in
0: they just didn't know like I I don't know what to I don't even know what to say about it. Like I it feels very much like you're seeing kind of the soul of American amusements kind of being hollowed out. Mm. Um I've I've heard people so many times say, "Well, amusement parks close because people don't go to them anymore, or because they uh-uh. cease to be popular." That's not true. Like this is at this point with these parks being the ones that have been closed, even though they've been financially successful because they sit on real estate that's worth more than than what the park is, or because the because the operators are you know basically out of money or have poorly planned their cash flow. Um. To sustain other operations or their own personal investment, you know, gains. You know, this is not even this is not even like the first time this has happened. You you look at a park like Bell's, which was successful but got tore out because basically competition from the guy that was running the fairgrounds.
1: Yeah, Um, Buddy Bell couldn't make or uh, Buddy Bell, I forget. Mr. Bell. Yeah. Just, that covers the whole generation, uh, <laughs> generations. He couldn't play nice with the the fairgrounds board, or you
0: and know. And the, and the fairgrounds board. And in fairness, the fairgrounds board was being managed by the guy that had the midway. Yeah, that was competing against Bell's. So once he took over control of the fair board, he was able to kick out his competition. Right. But, that's I mean, one. but that's an, I mean, I mean, that's not even that's that's. Yet another, there's many examples. You know, did Branson USA lose money? No. But what Branson USA did is it provided, you know, competition for Silver Dollar City.
1: And that's why there's no that, more
0: Ozark Wildcat.
1: That was also a... We really want to start on that. Then that was just the, you're doing what? You're You're, you're going to have a park that competes against yourself and say that, oh, it's our night park? You're done with Silver Hour City, and now you're going to want to go after a full long day at Silver City, you're going to want to go to our other park?
0: No, that wasn't. No. <laughs> that was not the purpose of that purchase. And I think they pretty much admitted at this stage that they were just trying oh. to eliminate their own their own competition.
1: Oh, so it was at Geauga Lake, basically.
0: Yeah, but yeah. like fully admitted. Like, I don't know that Geauga Lake was intentionally run into the ground.
1: Man, I think it was. Come on now.
0: I read Dick Kinzel's book, and I'm willing to believe the possibility that Dick Kinzel was just incredibly inept. Hmm. I'm willing to buy into that. Like he had his way time. of doing things, and he he was like he was both incredibly inept, but to some degree, understanding of his ineptitude in terms of what he was doing, and trying to kind of like split the difference of like I'm going to try and make this work while blowing through a ton of money. At the worst possible time. And I'm also going to set it up so that maybe I can run just the water park if this fails. I feel like it was kind of something like that. Not well thought out, and it's why he's gone. Deservingly. Um, but, you know, that's that's my opinion based on the book. I could be wrong on that read. Uh, but in any ways, including the way that, you know, has been rumored for years that they... They intended to close it down the entire time. Um, nonetheless,
1: uh, nonetheless, four wood coasters.
0: Four wood coasters.
1: Three that were really good. One that was kind of mediocre. But
0: one that was really, really good.
1: I mean, Cornwall Express really when good. it
0: was on was really good.
1: So that that now that you bring Cornwall Express up, here's the problem with Indiana Beach in. I was finally going to bite the bullet this year because I was like, well, it's it's been five years. Ariel's never been. Hey, it's a good way to break the drive home from the Midwest Mm -hmm. up. We'll stop at Indiana Beach. Yeah. Why not? I loved the the extractions and the the whole park in itself, but uh, in 13, my visit... You know, that was you know a busy day. One train st- on everything, and or one car and Cornball Express. I got one ride on it, fortunately, and then I, you know I played by my rule of go ride everything else just in case something closes for the day, yeah. and come back to Cornball, and it's closed for the night. Yeah, yeah, early. And I'm like, well, great. This this sucks. At least I rode it once though. Really enjoyed the park. Just was a little. Gave with the operations. And then two years later, I was like, Oh, I really want to ride Cornball again. Yeah. It was a really good ride. Only got one ride, I think in the front seat. And well, there's a kitty coaster credit, so woo. I'll, I'll grab that at the same time. I think I was there the either the first or the second weekend of operation. And Lost Coaster and Cornball, like There was the thick layer of rust on it from the winter on the track still. They had not run yet the entire year. So I was like, well, great. I just scheduled pretty much the entire day at Indiana Beach uh, for nothing. They did have a sign out front, but I kind of missed it, unfortunately, until I got in. That sucks when that happens. You can't really blame them when they actually kind of warn you at the front of the gate. (laughs) But you can blame them for not getting their craft together and having it open on time for the season. And I decided to leave early and just head up to Great America for the evening instead of the next morning. And uh, it was, it, the operations were even worse that year. It just it had such good attractions, and the feel of that place was so good. And and it, I don't know, it seemed like it had a lot of ups and downs the last few years, but somewhat more positive recently. Like they're doing we're doing marginally better than Morgan was. And uh I mean you just never heard of any financial issues with them and it just it's always busy and so I've always wanted to, you know, love that park. It just was hard to with the way it's been ran for the last well, the seven years that I've been visiting. So but I mean you said it the best. Just the, the, just the way that park was built is so unique. It's just what CCI did with all those coasters, how they're all basically intertwined. The three CCIs, like even Lost Coaster, shares the structure of Hoosier Hurricane just a little bit. It is incredible. It's it's amazing. It's everything.
0: Like you have uh, the Tiger Coaster, which was the last Jeff oh. Star one. Sitting on top of a hot dog stand.
1: Well, it's not the last one. It's the last permanent one, I believe. Last permanent cause, one. Yeah, because I rode one in France. But, yeah, it's the last permanent one, of course. And that's doubtful if that will get sold. It's got a lot of years on it.
0: And and in fairness, too, like, the last time I was there in 2016, I didn't get to ride Cornball either. Like, I haven't gotten to ride Cornball pretty much at all in in years because it keeps being down when I'm at that park. And it sucks.
1: When was that built? Was it built the first year you were there? Two
0: thousand one, two thousand one. Okay, so
1: you, you wrote it opening year then.
0: I did write it opening year, yes sir. Oh. Um, actually, we did get on Cornball Express the last time that we were there, but uh, or in two thousand eleven, I should say, not the last time we were there. But yeah, I mean, the park has been run poorly for a while, and I I know that, and I I don't pretend otherwise, but it did feel marginally better than twenty sixteen. In 2016 than it did in 2011. Um, I mean, to me... Yeah, it was at
1: the tail end of the Morgan ownership, I believe, in 13, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, because they sold it, uh, and it was sold, and and then uh, they had it the full next year. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that they needed to do with that park. A lot of stuff. I, I mean, just to explain, like, how bad Morgan was... They advertised building a wave pool for I think the 2015 <laughs> season. And they never even got to clearing ground much less digging a hole to put the wave pool in. But they kept advertising it anyways. And there's there was never a wave pool at that park.
1: Was there even a deal ever signed? Probably. No. Not. No.
0: No. I mean they they did like there was one in 2011 when we were there. I remember this clearly. They had no working ATMs because they weren't paying the companies that did the ATMs. So if you didn't bring enough cash into the park um, because they didn't take credit cards, then or they did take credit cards but only at certain stands, and other places didn't take credit cards. A lot of places were cash-only, like food booths.
1: Which isn't unheard of uh, back then. I mean, Knoebels didn't finally go all credit card until a few years ago.
0: But... What you didn't have to do at Kenobe's is go to a booth and have a cash advance put on your card, and then be given like Indiana Beach Bucks, <laughs> or like Corny Dollars or whatever they were called as currency. I Please, swear to God, you cannot
1: dude, make that up. Seriously? I can't make that up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> i it was it was it was bad. It was bad. They had arcade machines that didn't work. They they didn't have any. Um, They didn't have a lot of stuff that was working just because they couldn't, they wouldn't pay for, like, people to come in and refill the vending machines. Like, that's how bad Morgan was. Whoever whoever runs Morgan RV, honestly, I should look them up. I should find out who it was that was their their CEO and post their home address on the Internet. They're, They're disgusting. Robert Moser. I guarantee I can find Robert Moser's home address. And I'll post it on Parkscope. I think there are people out there. There's a lot of people that he screwed over. Period. A scumbag. What an absolute scumbag. Unbelievable. Actually, oh, 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 wow. This, this is interesting. Huh? Oh, you know what? Okay, so I take that back. I remember hearing about this. Yeah, this guy owns a huge amount of um, of storage facilities. Now. He, he got into, he's the largest private owner of storage facilities in the United States. Like, you know, when you go and you get like a, uh, like those like U-Haul storage things or just any storage, like a self-storage. Like, you know, where rich people keep their cars if they don't have a big enough garage or storage wars, stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Sure. He's like the biggest private owner of that stuff. That's what he's become. Dude's a scumbag. I don't care. Like he's an alleged scumbag. How about that? And I can't. I can't say to... with truth that he is. But man, he's done a lot of stuff. And apparently, he was the. He used to be the president of uh, Daytona International Speedway. So I feel like I should blame him for the death of Dale Earnhardt. While I'm at it, a garbage person. Wow. Oh, he's a real estate mogul. Now look at that. Look at that. I'm 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 furious. Yeah, I'm gonna post his home address out later, as soon as I can find it, just as a heads up. Anyways, my apologies.
1: And do we know why they end up selling to RVN <coughs> Morgan? Anyways, was it all just a case of we're we're ready to retire? Yeah, the the patriarch of the family
0: was like 92, and the kids didn't want to run the park. Okay. And this guy came along and was like, "I have a billion dollars. I can run this and your RV and the and the campground too." And then he ended up being sued by literally everybody, everyone, everyone. The number of lawsuits you can find Robert J. Moser attached to is astronomical.
1: Just I mean, saying. Th- I mean, this is like the worst. It was like the maintenance workers publicly didn't they? They, they basically. Contacted News saying we didn't can't have, work like, anymore. Tools. Yeah, we can't work anymore. Like we're there, going to be liable for someone dying. would do stuff like do our jobs. He fired his entire staff,
0: like everybody at the park. It was just like I'll rehire you in six months, like stuff like that. pickable Oh, speaking of him, of course, this is behind a paywall at the Wall Street Journal. His name appears. U.S. pursues one of the biggest mortgage fraud probes since the financial crisis. Gee whiz. Who could have guessed? He's one of the developers. So, I mean, maybe I'll find out that his address is in prison somewhere. That would be nice.
1: So when did the when did the land get sold?
0: I don't know. That I'd have to, like, do a lot more digging to try and find um i'm sure it's out there somewhere you think there's yeah i just i don't know i really i wish i could say it for sure but i don't really know
1: it it just seems like it seems like it's something this guy would have (laughs) done yeah because you cash out um, a lot of money and then you don't care about your property because you're, you're, you got all that money for the land and then you're paying a lease on something you don't care about that you're going to then just sell off to someone else. That seems like a really good way to get a payday, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I can – there's another article in here in the Rochester Beacon. Uh, this is dated from June of 2019 about Robert Morgan, who is the Morgan RV Morgan. Uh, about the number of lawsuits that involved him and Moser. Um, So, you know, basically, uh, there's a bunch of these things. There's also uh, Morgan is currently under indictment by federal prosecutors of bank and wire fraud. His properties are the object of a Securities Exchange Commission civil action for running an alleged Ponzi scheme in an attempt to keep his deteriorating real estate empire afloat. I mean, uh, you know, what more can you say about than that, that the SEC is looking at the guy that used to have this park as running a Ponzi scheme, running a, a literal pyramid scheme? I, I, you know, I don't know what to say.
1: I hate people who prey on people like this. Like, and they're just terrible people.
0: Terrible. Terrible.
1: This is the type of guy that belongs on American Greed, right?
0: And, and yeah, and what you know, what is it? What does you know, me airing this out on on a podcast really do for the people in Monticello, Indiana, or Monticello, nothing. Indiana? Nothing. It Doesn't get those people jobs back. It doesn't revitalize their tourism industry. Like that money's gone. All that economic activity that went there is going to be vaporized. Going to be like a. It's going to be an abandoned nothing town. It's going to be somewhere that you see in 10 or 15 years that, you know, vloggers go to uh, and, and videotape how everything used to be really vibrant and exciting and, boy, things changed. Wow, this is crazy, guys. You know, all that kind of thing. And and you know what? This is, this is not – I don't know if this is the end of this kind of discussion that we're going to be having about poor operation of theme parks leading to stuff closing – That's just shocking. I I really don't think so. I I really think that there's more stuff down the pipeline. And I'm not even alluding to Six Flags. Six Flags, by the way, did have a significant drop today in its stock price because they announced that their dividend would get cut 69%, uh, which I pretty much predicted was going to happen. But I think fundamentally that company is not in bad shape. Just you can't hand out money to investors at the same rate. It just doesn't work that way. Um, but their cash flow is fine and it's cash flow positive and they can service their debt. It's going to be other places that I think are going to be surprising to people, both because they're run by people who are older and there's not really anyone to take them over because there's just such a limited number of players in the theme park industry or um, just just poor management, just real poor management. I, I do think that you'll see more than a couple other Historic or not historic parks close in the near future as a result. I I don't know that you can say this is a great economy on that basis, but it's what we've got.
1: And here's the thing, like, a lot of these places that are smaller, when they get bought, how their success is determined changes. Right. When it's family ran and they're doing good, they're able to pay everybody, they're able to, you know, have a, live a nice life, go on nice vacations, own nice cars, and, you know, have a nice house, and all that stuff, and don't have to worry about those things. That's good enough for them. But when you get bought by a publicly traded company, all of a sudden those numbers don't look as good.
0: Yeah, now you have to make a profit and be able to return to investors something. And, you know, just to, we'll, we'll use actually a park, you and I have been talking about quite a bit recently because you're, you're going to be having some footage that you took there of Williams Grove, you know, which was basically being operated as a, as a kind of love affair by the family that runs the speedway across the street in Williams Grove. And eventually the costs just kept going up and up and up. And the potential of regaining revenue was not there and so they closed. And, you know, now, unfortunately, it's it's basically it's a lost cause. There's never going to be a Williams Grove again. Um,
1: and it, it, I, I mean, I'm I'm depressed enough about talking about Indian Beach. So let's just move on.
0: <laughs> I just you know, it's just to me, it's a very important thing, right? Like I, I hope for uh, a miracle, I, though. The thing That's about the thing about say. like theme park Twitter, which it gets, I, I get so insulated with it because Disney is the primary discussion Ugh, topic.
1: Please. Yes, I know.
0: Is, you know, people cry about every stupid thing. Like, oh, the the, the walkways are going to get torn up.
1: Oh, no. The shade structure is getting demolished. It should have got there, demolished like 10 years ago.
0: Here's our video from the, clo- the last people that ordered food at the Electric Umbrella. Literally the worst on-site restaurant in all of Disney World, if not Orlando. And it's like, here's Indiana Beach, which is an actual historic, legendary park. Like, they're not the same level. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I would trade Indiana Beach of 2003 for Epcot without even thinking about it. Maybe, okay, maybe I take that back. Maybe, nah, nah, I'd probably rather go to Indiana Beach yet like I could get a room at the motel that overlooked the park and go play fascination and pokerino and ride Cornball Express and take a boat ride and watch the the ski jump show and man, there and, was a lot of good stuff back then.
1: And take it, you know, minute by minute. Not, yeah. not worry about reservations just, sixty just, days
0: in advance. Just chill out, have a good time, eat the famous tacos. Um, there was meet upstairs tacos. at the at the big restaurant uh, that was over the top of the arcade, which was actually a good restaurant, probably the best in the area at the time. Um, God, it sucks. It just I, I, like you know. yeah, it's it's depressing. Um, and I'll say like this has been kind of a hard off season for me because like my wife and I we did Mystery Town USA and discovered this thing that was super awesome in Mackinac city that closed like three days later and it's like that closed clementon closed which i didn't get to
1: mystery town usa
0: mystery town yeah it's up in, it was up in Mackinac city
1: oh,
0: okay. uh way up north so we like that closed clementon closed which we already knew about i i suppose <laughs> coney Island, <laughs> cincinnati which i have you know an original artwork of on my walls closed um then this i mean and and um, Toshiman
1: Clementon. Honestly, Clementon was uh, that was foreseeable. This is just no. Neither of these, Fantasy Island or Indiana Beach. It just was uh, all or nothing type of deal here.
0: I mean, uh, you know, Toshimon was another one that you know, like man, like I had great memories. I love Toshimon The coast, the coaster was super good, and the carousel, and, uh, and then then that closes, and it's just like, man, yeah. you know, like th- this is like a lot of emotional loss for a fun hobby you know like not what i signed up for man not what i signed up for at all like i get i get hit every once in a while with stuff but it's just like after one after another after another like you want to go to china bad timing because like the whole country's closed you know hong kong is closed
1: yeah just don't even think about it forget it Done. Uh, and I don't know, I don't, when I was younger, it's like every coast Area closed, it was just like, oh, no, 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 it's just like, okay, you know, it's the, the cycle, you know, things don't last forever, but Indiana Beach was, like, timeless.
0: Yeah. I, I know that you and I are going to end up revisiting this conversation about Lakeside. Oh.
1: Sometimes. I'm sometimes. just counting the days for that to happen, seriously. Uh, that's one I need to get Ariel to definitely. Uh, I just we'll, know, just know it's
0: not going to be what you remember.
1: Just know that. Yeah, I know. I definitely will b- barely take her during the day because at least it can hide a little bit of the, the whatever. Baby. And maybe we'll see, but I don't know. It's it's it's. It, you always say that like, oh, I was going to go next year, but there's also a few parks I've been to recently that I got to in the last year, final year or two, and. You know, it's it's never, never everything's not everything's always going to work out the way it's supposed to. And yeah, I
0: I got to Williams Grove. I know, like the last month it operated.
1: So no, really, I only went once. I went during CusterCon, and uh, <laughs> that was a really amazing experience. To be honest with you, uh, that was when they they so, rented out the whole park for Ace, right? Right. So let's just move on. Um, I got a drone because drones are cool, and the Maverick Mini is, like, basically stealth drone. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, it doesn't have, uh, the range is kind of limited. It's only about a mile, at most. But um, it's the size of a cell phone, basically, folded up. I mean, can you imagine that 20 years ago? Like, the photos that I got yesterday would have required you to rent a helicopter. Yes. Yes. And then the image that you would have gotten from the digital cameras or even film back then wouldn't have been as good as a little tiny little camera on a gimbal. Yeah. That's true. (sighs) My mind is blown. So uh I got it for obviously for construction updates. That's the main reason. And be responsible about it and not fly over the parks because they they will definitely not like that. Yeah. Um but Williams Grove, I was like oh, no, <laughs> what are they going to do? Um, but I, I do know that the there is an owner on the property. You have to walk past his house to get to the Wildcat Coaster. <laughs> yes. He still lives there. And there's definitely a sign that says, do not enter, no trespassing, we'll shoot you, basically. It doesn't actually say that, but you, you get the vise. I think it even has a skull and cross, crossbone <laughs> logo. Yeah, right it's,
0: it's very implied yeah that there's, yes. like, bad things that will await you if you cross that that space.
1: So I decided to go over to the flea market that still runs, I believe, and then there's, like, a historical steam train that I, I don't know. I didn't know about that. That, that I actually want to look into see if that – do you know if that still runs? That does. It is separate from the park. Yeah, that looks really cool. So I, I went over there and parked right there, and then just took the drone out and uh, went over to the park because I was like, man, no, that 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 really interested to see it. I probably gonna go back because it was really windy and uh didn't really want the drone to fall out of the air. But uh, it, it's it's surprisingly well kept though. At least from the air, it does look. Um, like the grounds, it's not like it's like, there's still green grass. It's not look like it's completely overgrown. Seems like they're doing a little bit to keep it up to the minimum. And like the buildings are all still attached. All the rides are gone with the exception of the cyclone, which I mean, let's be honest with you, that thing ran for about five years or longer than it should have anyways. Um, I, I honestly do not know how that thing got past inspection. Year after year. I know that
0: we've discussed this at length, and this was... As much as I loved writing it, the realization that it was doing the things that it was doing was because it was, like, inherently broken was eye-opening for me. (laughs) As a, like, I should have realized that, or, like, picked up on the fact that it having its most violent moment over flat, unmoved track signified an issue. But, um... Or the square hill, and that they advertised that they had a hill that was square.
1: They eventually, I mean... took that out, fortunately. But, but no, I, I I I had the most rare of the situations. I actually got to see the park looking really vibrant and well attended because of the coaster con. Yeah, it was like three hundred or so, three hundred to four hundred people there in one night, which is probably the most they've ever seen in. <laughs> Forever. I wonder what it was like on Friday nights
0: when they have races. Like, was it crazy, or was it just, like, dead?
1: Who knows? Who knows? I know.
0: Nobody, nobody does. There was... Look, look, I'm not surprised that, really, outside of myself and a couple other people, that there's not a lot of crossover people that would go to a dirt track race and go to a theme park. Um... Having said that, it's just kind of like maybe
1: drop your kids off there, basically, and you go yeah. watch the race.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just, you know I I am I am like I, I think that they probably take good care of the grounds because of the existence of the trailer park that's next door to the coaster. Yeah. Though at the same time it's still kinda of like you live across from a dilapidated roller coaster,
1: right? Like Which for some reason I had I mean, it was never torn down. It just was like, a few years ago, I was like, oh, that's still standing. Huh. Yeah. Like, it hasn't, they haven't taken any of it down. The
0: train is still in the station, from what I understand. But it's got trees running through
1: it. Like, it's definitely not going to run again. So again, it shouldn't have been running when it did the last year, probably. But uh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I remember like two things that stand out for me. Like, first, the guy like the lap bar wasn't locking properly and it was just like tightening screws to be like eh, magic. Yes. Yeah. Now. <laughs> and then him uh, ju- him uh, <coughs> on oh. the back of the car to ride up the lift hill to then do a lift hill inspection while the coaster <laughs> was out on the track remind you that he had to be back down by the time the coaster got back so it wouldn't fly through the station and, uh, you know, go back up the lift hill because, you know, manual brakes. Right. (laughs) Oh, man, that was quite an experience.
0: If you don't know anything about Williams Grove, all that you really need to know about this park is their wood coaster was named the Cyclone because they bought a train from Palisades Park, which had closed down And the train said Cyclone on the front of it. So they changed the name of the coaster.
1: Yeah, and we should also probably notice, because we have some people that may not know anything about this place. It was also, it was in Mechanicsburg, which is, you know, about 30 minutes. It's about 40 minutes from Hershey.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, maybe 20 minutes from parts of Harrisburg. Yeah. And, uh... The, the, the park itself probably survived. Well, we know the park survived because of the surrounding attractions, the, the flea market, the RV, and, and the and the uh, the speedway, which still yeah. operates yep. nightly every yep. Friday night. Friday night races. You say it's a wonderful place to go see a race. I'm like, I wanted to do it last year, we just never happened. But like,
0: it's like a legendary dirt track. Like, it looks awesome too. It's in. I, like, I'm
1: sure you saw you saw my picture of it. In the distance, yeah, in right? the background. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. like when iRacing uh, went out and decided that they were going to do dirt tracks, which is this is you know iRacing is basically like the premier um, uh, racing game online, you know, racing simulation game. The two dirt tracks that they chose were Eldora Speedway in Ohio and Williams Grove. Like those were the two obvious choices. Then they did obviously done more since then, but those were their first two. Um. Because those are like those are probably those in Knoxville are are the most well known dirt tracks in the US, hands down. Um so, you know, that's always been a major draw to the area. And I'm um, you know, obviously the the amusement park was owned by the same people that owned the track. So that relationship existed. Um but I think the existing competition that they had there with Hershey and Dutch Wonderland, and um, you know, one time Bushkill. Well, Bushkill is up in Easton, so it's not really that close by. But
1: no, no, it's like you know, it's like twenty or so minutes from Dorney. It's almost New Jersey, basically.
0: But you know, like again, like Hershey, Dutch Wonderland, Kenobles. I mean, that's a very dense area for amusement parks. Oh, and yeah, uh, it, it's tough. It's tough to make. You know, it's tough to find a, a spot for yourself. When within a one hundred mile radius, you've got, you know, those places: Dorney, Adventure Park, Twisted,
1: the most attended uh, amusement park, pretty much outside of Disney.
0: Yeah, regional wise. I mean, yeah, it, Six Flags Great Adventure is not that far away. Sesame Place, Six Flags America. I mean, all that stuff is is relatively close. Um,
1: yeah, and if it had survived a few more years, the recession would have def- definitely have killed it. Yeah, I I
0: don't think like I can't see a world in which it survives without like. I guess the way that I would I would always point to, and I don't know why no one has done this here, Dreamland in Margate, which is basically promoted as a retro amusement park, seems like I don't know why somebody hasn't woken up and decided why they wouldn't invest. Into their park to be intentionally retro.
1: Yeah, it's like all the... That's the
0: trend. Like, make it so it's very 1920s or 1940s-ish. But nobody nobody does it for some reason. I don't understand why. There's something that clearly I'm missing here, and I I, I don't know what it is, but...
1: Well, one company tried to do that. Which one? In that field. Disney.
0: Oh, do you mean with California Adventure?
1: Yeah. 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 It, they did but here's the problem they were they're set up to fail because that's not what someone wants from Disney they don't they don't want a the classic amusement park feel they want Disney
0: I think that California okay few things California's <laughs> California uh or DCA Disney's California adventure would never have failed if it was at Walt Disney World it failed because it was in California the oh, purpose yeah. of the The purpose of the park was to draw people from, draw non-locals to Disneyland to make it more of a resort, I guess. And by giving them all of California in one park. The problem was it, like, there was no way that they were ever going to actually change the percentage of people that were really, like, pass holders versus non-pass holders. Because it just was never going to replace Walt Disney World. It just was never going to be a secondary option. It just never had that. It it just wasn't going to happen.
1: There, so, that's, a, that's a huge discussion I mean that's there was discussion. a lot of issues yeah I mean some of the things that they changed they just changed because it didn't work where, where it was or what it was but a lot of the things they changed were not bad ideas even like the mosaic in the front of the park was beautiful like things like that it just didn't fit for what people wanted in that area
0: and people at Disneyland want the people that, that go to Disneyland are pass holders and they don't want California they want
1: they don't want original ideas. They want they want Disney.
0: They want Disney. They they want original ideas but they want them to be more exotic than the place that they live already. If they right. wanted Hollywood, they could drive to Hollywood cuz they already live there. Like I'm really not... glad
1: that the that the redwood forest area and that whole area survived though cuz that Yeah,
0: that was like cool. My...
1: One of my favorite sections. I love that section. It's just so, well, it's like the hiking section, basically. I love Paradise Pier, like and I don't nature. care what
0: anybody says. I think Paradise Pier always looked great. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm i not excited to see Pixar Pier, because I just, I can't see it hitting on those same emotional notes that Paradise Pier did. But like yeah, I said, I, it, so to uh, me, it's, it's the the point is that if DCA was was built instead of Animal Kingdom, let's say, like, it never would have failed. Like golden dreams would still be showing, in fact.
1: Hmm. I'm just, just saying. seems you bring it up, it just seems all I can think of is it feels like they need a fifth park at this point anyways. It's not gonna happen. They
0: don't even they don't even have the four parks they have are barely complete. Like I, the last time I was at Animal Kingdom, which was last year, I ran out of stuff to do by two thirty in the afternoon. I mean, I don't know how long I'm supposed to sit there and watch the ape exhibit, but I spent a good long time in all the animal exhibits. I wrote every e-ticket. I guess I could have gone to see Finding Nemo again, but I've seen it before, and I'll be honest, like, at that point, I was a 36-year-old man, I don't have
1: kids, I don't, I don't have yeah, any I, interest in seeing it again. I kind of agree with you, I did everything by two o'clock, uh... I did everything, but I just didn't. I, I felt like I could have just spent more time relaxing and taking in detail and all that stuff. But as far as attraction goes, yeah, I did everything. My wife and I were
0: were sitting on the steps of Rivers of Light, bored because we had did we did everything we wanted to do, but we were stuck waiting for our dinosaur Fast Pass Plus, and we mm-hmm. had there was nothing that appealed to us. We had spent two hundred dollars on a meal at Tiffins. We rode the dark ride in the Avatar section like three times. We did Flight of Passage. We did the Safaris. We did the Animal Exhibits. You know, we did Everest, which I'm not a huge fan of. Like we did all that. I guess I do five hours had passed and we were sitting there. It was like two o'clock. We're looking our fast passes into like two thirty to three thirty or whatever it was. And we were just bored. Sitting on our phones looking at looking at stuff. And we're looking around. There were a lot of other people sitting on their phones, looking at whatever was on their phones, too. Like, that park could use 10 more rides. Easily. Easily. Could use a whole, like, two more sections. And Disney Hollywood Studios? Bro, they could add 15 rides to Toy Story Mania. Or Toy Story Land. They could build a, a big tent. You know, a big dome in the shape of a circus tent or whatever. Whatever or Andy's bed, I don't care. Whatever is properly immersive enough. Not that it matters, I'll really just like it anyways and throw a bunch of flat rides in it. Like that park could absorb another 10, 15, 20 rides. No problem. No problem. They don't need another gate. They need to finish the gates they have. They need to finish they need to fix Epcot. That's going to be 3-4 years away. So, they don't need a fifth park. They don't need a fifth park, not yet, not for a while.
1: <sighs> oh man! What about speaking of DCA? Okay. Ten minute waits for Monsters because they now they have added Fast pass,
0: pass, pass. They added Fast Pass to Monsters Inc. And what was the other attraction they added it to that it used to be on? Something, something random, something else that like never should have a line. If you wait a one hundred
1: out? what were you saying?
0: Oh, um what was the other ride that they added it to? They added fast pass to
1: I don't remember. Uh I just I just noticed how much the how much it affected a ride that never has a line. Um If you wait
0: if you wait one hundred and ten minutes for Monsters Inc, and I like Monsters Inc. for the record.
1: It's not that, it's just the whole fast pass system, it's just like if you wait
0: 110 minutes for Monsters, Inc. at Disney's California Adventure, you are a moron. I'm sorry. You are a dumb person. You are irredeemably dumb. You have There's no hope for you. I can't help you. There's nothing I can say that's going to make your life better. You are a bad person. And you should feel bad. No one should wait 110 minutes. For Monsters, Inc.
1: And I like it. Oh, Autopia. Autopia. This other my one. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I
0: love Autopia at Disneyland. It's the best car ride.
1: Yeah, it it's actually looks really cool. Ride. Like, I've never done it. And I... I <coughs> the one at Walt Disney World, just to see how much I would hate it. And I hated it.
0: <laughs> no, the one at Disneyland's amazing. Disney World is, the is just only, stupid. It's the only good one it's the only good one but if you if you wait for 110 minutes for for monsters Inc I I don't I don't know I I don't know how I can be nice to you I
1: don't think I can yeah, be. monsters and there's nothing against monsters Inc I think it's actually a really decent ride and I like monsters arguably Inc. arguably one of the best reskins ever <laughs> probably the best and I, I think it's
0: as far as like Disney like to me, like a Disney Fantasyland style dark ride goes, where you basically tell the story of a movie in three minutes. Yeah, does a great job. Does a really it's great fun. job. Um, you cannot tell that that ride was a horrible failure called Superstar Limo when you're on it. There's no way. You like if somebody points out to you how it was reskinned and what was changed, cool. like you know what was Drew Carey, and now it's like a square alien. Like you know,
1: you can see stuff like that eventually, but it's. It's not easy. Yeah, the only real, the only thing that doesn't really feels like it fits too well is the cars themselves, but the vehicles yeah, themselves. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it, it was good. I like it. Recovery. I like it
0: probably more than I like Monsters Inc. in Japan, and that's probably a really deeply unpopular opinion.
1: Oh, okay. Because
0: you know, Monsters Inc. in Japan is exotic, and so it's better. You know, it just is. <laughs> but no, if you wait one hundred and ten minutes for this ride in California. Something is wrong with you. Deep. This is like waiting 110 minutes for "It's a Small World." Like, how does that happen? How did you let yourself do that? How did you know? Or 110 minutes for um uh 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 what's the ride um their light gun ride at Disneyland.
1: Um, oh, the Astro, uh, the Astro, yeah, the Buzz yeah, Buzz Lightyear,
0: Lightyear. Astro, yeah.
1: If you wait 110
0: minutes for that, like, you're a bad person.
1: I I, I don't no, know. I just I, feel like the system is flawed. Yeah, of course it's flawed. They, they flawed the system by... This was the
0: discussion that, that you know, that, that happened earlier this week on Twitter, which many of our listeners will have no recollection or understanding of because they don't necessarily read Twitter religiously. But basically, you know, one argument that was made by an early podcast guest of mine Mr. At Super Weenie Hut Junior. was that essentially the the boarding pass system that exists is a terrible way to distribute the passes for Rise of the Resistance because either the, like the line itself could self-regulate in terms of length, people will opt to not wait for a ride once it reaches a certain level or a certain wait time, or you have to distribute based on the actual demand, which suggests money as collateral or some sort of some sort of like some sort of currency has to be used whether it's money or time or some combination of the two or you know you consider the hotel that you're staying at as being part of that but the way that they're doing it right now puts people who don't know all the tricks even if you know all the tricks you're not guaranteed to get on the ride based on how quickly your request is able to get routed to the correct server by Amazon Web Services. Like if if your request is done through is that an Android really phone, really, who runs
1: their servers?
0: Yes, yes, we determined wow. this.
1: So it's like not a if bad you have, it, it's just surprising.
0: If you have, if you're using Google Web Services and you, you know, press, you know, refresh, to try and get your boarding pass, and Google sends your, your request through nine routers instead of two for an Apple machine, for example. And I'm not saying this is the case. Nobody knows. It may take you three seconds longer to get your request in, given the number of pings that have to be made and the number of different routers a computer goes through, and that may prevent you from getting on the ride. Nothing that you did wrong, just that you didn't have the right phone carrier or you were using the, the wrong... Uh, DNS or whatever. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds absolutely ridiculous, but that's where we are. Um,
1: or where you and, are in the park, or anything like that. And it, it's
0: yeah, like know. you know, it, it. You know, some people say it's better to do it on data because the Wi-Fi is so slow. Some people say it's better to do it on Wi-Fi because it's seen as an internal request by the servers, and so the algorithm seems to game it differently. Nobody huh. knows.
1: I feel like I wouldn't and, trust the Wi-Fi at all, but okay.
0: And and so when nobody knows, the problem is that if I don't know, if the people that are like you know, the people that were cheating all along to get fast passes out of the machine by using barcodes or swiping any card that had a reader on it or like a magnetic strip or pressing the button on the back, if those people don't know, then how does Joe Schmo, that, you know, he and his wife and their two kids are staying at the Contemporary for $900 a night? No. They don't. And they're going to... Like, those people are going to get screwed. And they, on a per-night basis, are spending more than some of these people do on an AP for the
1: entire year. Oh, yeah. And then the APs... But they, the APs are... I'm AP. I spend all this up front. I'm entitled. Yeah.
0: I, I just... The APs, the APs don't understand that they have an advantage and that they can go to the park anytime. And if they don't get a lottery ticket win that day on on the system, it's no big deal because they can just come back tomorrow. I can't just come back tomorrow. Especially California. Yeah. But, I mean, either percentage either is local. Yeah. You know, for me to go to Disney World is a minimum $600 trip. Minimum. Between buying the tickets, buying the airfare, getting the cheapest possible hotel, ground transportation, parking at the airport, eating. I mean, there's no way to do it any cheaper than that. So if I don't get a boarding pass when I go in August, on that Saturday, I'm done. I'm not riding it. I have to make another trip to do the same thing over and over again. It's not realistic. And that's fine for people to go four times a year, I guess. And that get park hoppers or have APs, so they can go to the park anytime they want to, and try it over and over again. But it's not for me. It's not going to be for people that go out and buy non hopper tickets, or people who are there for a long weekend. It's not going to work out. So, you know, to me, that was that was the discussion that we all had. I know that a lot of people love the boarding pass system because they don't have to wait in line. And I've heard that I've heard that explanation like. You don't have to wait in line, you just get the boarding pass. Exactly. If if I'm if I'm Disney, is it really a smart idea for me to give a boarding pass to somebody who could literally get in their car and drive home? No. And then just come back to ride it whenever? Like that's not that's not money I'm making. That's stupid. But here we are. And and like FastPass is is more of the same. And it's always been that way. People have known that for twenty years. Doesn't matter. All people know is I don't have to wait to ride it now. They don't care about. They don't care about the fact that they never ride Peter Pan anymore because it always has a fifty-five minute line. What they care about is that, you know, they get to ride Space Mountain without waiting once a trip. That's all they care about. Well, they'll ever care about. Can't fix that. It's too ingrained, and uh, it just it is what it is. But... <sighs> This is a very depressing sounding podcast for such a fun topic. The whole, like whole
1: problem. <laughs> the whole problem, though, it, it, it's not. It's not that they can't keep. It's not like this ride isn't designed to. Yeah, it, it, the, the man was going to overrun the the, the the capacity, but the, the capacity's not there. I mean, I, I haven't heard anything of the other that it's improved at all. No since opening. I, I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's they have an event in August where it's...
0: they're gonna. They're not even going to be running it. They're ha- Star Wars Celebration. By the way, the Star Wars ride, not open. Has to rest at night. That's in August. That's half a year from now. They literally went to their ride out people and they were like, okay, do you think you're going to have it fixed by then? And those people just shook their heads. Like, you can't sell tickets to this ride in six months. That means they're not going to have a fix for this for years, potentially. This is how it's going to run maybe forever. Think about that. They spent half a billion dollars or whatever it was on this thing. And they may be doing the same stuff that we're doing right now, where every ride on it is booked in the first 60 seconds the park is opened. And they may be running like that forever. That's a real possibility. Don't discount that. Just saying. Speaking of virtual queue... Secret Life of Pets will be using only Virtual Queue when it opens up. Given that Universal has completely decided not to use Virtual Queue in their past attractions, be interested to see how they implement it here. Thoughts, Alex? Hello? You there? Hello, 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 hello. Hi, I'm back. Oh, okay.
1: Sorry about that. <laughs>
0: <coughs>
1: I That's assume you kept saying. going.
0: Yeah, I did very briefly. Um, okay. So, speaking of virtual
1: queue. Here's the problem. Like, I don't know how anyone can praise this system because the problem is the capacity here, okay? That's right. the problem. Yeah. If people are praising, like, oh, look, at this is great, I have a reservation system. Oh, I might not get it, but hey, look, I got a reservation system, I don't have to wait in a long line look at that Hagrid ride, it still breaks down all the time, which it doesn't. Oh, look at that Hagrid ride, it's still at such an abysmal capacity. No, it's not. I don't know, it just just feels like some people have read the first few weeks of Hagrid and have not updated their information in their head yet to see that this thing is running well. Alex, I I rode Hagrid twice on a Saturday
0: during Mardi Gras, okay? Mhm. You cannot ride uh Star Wars Rise of the Resistance more than once in a day. No. The end.
1: Then you you That's have That's the end a, of my opinion. You this. have a 30-second window to get that chance whereas yes. you have all day. I don't I don't know. Like I brought it to up to Ariel I'm like are they still doing the the closings? The early closings? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're still doing that? They're still doing at uh, capacity thing?
0: Yeah. For, I, for loved, like someone. No, oh, oh, not Han Hagrid. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I no, thought no. they were done with that. Yeah, they're done with that.
1: No, oh, like, okay. with...
0: I thought you meant with Rise... Like, yesterday, someone was like, here's the nobody's problem. talking about how Rise of the Resistance got done two hours early today. Well, yeah, why would I? Like, <laughs> what is that? Is that something to be proud of? Oh, cool. Hey, here's the problem Two here. hours before the rest of the park.
1: Here, here's Great. the problem. You say that... Uh, people wouldn't wait up for this thing. They would. There would be long lines all, every day. And n- n- the problem is, unless Disney decided to close the line early, which I don't think people wouldn't be happy with that either.
0: There would be long lines for it. Don't get me wrong. There'd be so four-hour you, you lines.
1: So you have a situation where they're going to be still running the ride a few hours after opening. Sure. Or closing, you mean. Or closing. Or, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. It, it, uh, multiple so hours. what? Cedar Point did
0: it. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I don't feel bad. Like, it, it, look, this is, you signed up to go work at a theme park. You know Disney doesn't cut off lines. You want to work the biggest, most incredible ride ever built. That's what happens. I'll tell you this. Disney pays overtime. Cedar Point sure as fuck doesn't. And, and you know what? The other thing I'll say is this. What we know is that in August they're doing Star Wars Celebration. This ride will not be open at Disneyland. We know that already. Right? So, this could go on forever.
1: Like, this may not end. <laughs> it end eventually, somehow. Will it?
0: <laughs> what if three years from now you go to this park and it still has boarding? Oh
1: parks. my god. I don't I don't think people will be tolerant of that, right? Why wouldn't they? They are now. What's a new ride? Everyone, you listen to the local radio. They, oh, by the way, my local radio station, my local morning show, which I, you know, been listening to for like fifteen years. Yeah. I don't know how much I want to listen to them anymore. They praise Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I was like, no, don't say it. Don't no, say it. No. Don't say it. Oh no. <laughs> oh, Preston and I'll, see I'll you. Say what say are this, you doing like to me? The, the people
0: the people that are out there, there's people that defend this system right now that say it's the best thing ever.
1: They, and they're going to okay. say it
0: forever. Forever.
1: But here's the what I was saying is that people even like they, they're saying, "Oh, it's a new ride. It has problems. It always happens." Like, and that's like People know, like they're not dumb that new rides always have issues at the beginning. Like You just tell it's... people this is how it runs. Alex, Ugh. this is
0: this is exactly what the locals want. Any day they can go in and try to ride this thing and they're not competing for a fast pass plus that they can't get, like with Frozen. They don't <laughs> have to wait in line. <laughs> that's that's why now I'm ride Hagrid's. Hagrid's there's a line. Well this thing, if I get there at six thirty in the morning, and I press a couple things on my phone, ah, I get to ride it. It might not be for six or seven hours. I can go do work if I actually have a job. Or I can go, go back home or, you know, uh, go walk some dogs, you know, after I get some gigs on, you know, whatever that dog walking website is. Wag. Yeah, go get, yeah, get some gigs on Wag or on Uber. And then when it's my time to ride, I have a two-hour window to return. That's what they care about don't care about people that are spending money to stay in the hotel rooms. They don't care about the actual like guests that really spend real money. They don't care. To them, this is the best system ever because they don't have to put in any effort. And then they get to ride it. They can ride it every day. They have a shot 365 days a year depending on what their, their job schedule is. Or every weekend, they can show up at 6.45 in the morning, buzz in, see if they get a boarding pass. If they don't, yeah, they'll go ride Tower Terror, um, have a Mickey bar and go home.
1: Yeah, no and Mickey the worst people. situation is getting one in the middle of the day where they're like, "Oh well, crap! Now I have to wait around." Or you well, know, no, the they'll just situation... get in their car,
0: they'll drive home, they'll go to Disney Springs, they'll have lunch.
1: Well, no, I am saying the best situation for them is it's either oh.
0: right away or later in the day because oh, yeah. let's
1: go home and I'll come back. Yeah. You know,
0: either way, they're fine with it because like they can just build their day around it. But for you or me where it's like it makes or breaks a trip they don't care i they don't care
1: got so incredibly lucky to get two rides yeah like, i i understand how lucky i was although we didn't I, know like, I, the boarding pass system until like I, four hours before it opened so right, that's, that's right. that too
0: <laughs> i i feel like i have a reasonably decent shot of getting a boarding pass and i'm gonna do everything i can to maximize it but it's it's not a system I'm excited for. Like it's a, it's more of a stress than anything. The idea that like, if, if the number of, you know, connections that gets made by my request goes to the wrong number of servers, I'm fucked. Yeah. You know, the other thing too, is it basically says like, you get to ride this one time.
1: Have you even heard people say, because Universal actually was thinking about doing something similar to Hagrid.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But they canceled it at the last minute. I think mainly because they realized we got this. It's going to be a little bit of a hell. It's going to be a little bit of a mess for, for, for the beginning. It's a new ride. Right. Bear with us for the first month. You know, you can only test it so much until you get actual human people on it. And, you know, different weight distributions. And, you know, there's so much more factors when you get real world guests on it. Right. than when you're just running it with dummies constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then they realize, oh, wait, we don't need this system. But there's some people who are like, where sy- where's that reservation system goes? I'm like, you just go right. You'll be on in an hour. Especially yeah. and even if it says two hours, you'll probably be on in an hour. They they yeah. inflate it to, I don't know, why do they inflate it at this point? I think they inflate it just in case breakdowns, or I don't, I don't yeah. really know. Joe would probably have the answer for that, maybe.
0: No, they they do, and it's good for, like, guest services to inflate the wait times a little bit as
1: well. Because you know what? How many people love getting, a, hey,
0: instead of being two hours, we only waited an hour. That's great. How many... Yeah. Oh, I know when I waited things. an hour and forty five was... minutes instead of two hours, it was I was happy with that. You know? Like,
1: yeah, you go the other way. It said it was gonna be sixty minutes, we waited two hours. This is I want my money back.
0: <laughs> that is me at Alton Towers. That is <laughs> that is literally me. I the sign said thirty minutes and I waited two hours for oblivion. That happened to me. Yeah, Boy was time. I hot. Boy was I mad. Um Let's let's go ahead and wrap this up. I I think that we need to do a separate European podcast at some point down the road.
1: Yeah, we have some things that I forgot to mention, and um, just the uh, we never even
0: talked about Disney, really.
1: Yeah, I don't know what I was doing. That I feel like I, I just that was too much to handle at the time, and I, I like distancing myself. And also, it was nice to be able to go to Hollywood Studios and all that stuff. I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast that we've yeah. been promising to do this Disney Paris talk, but. It, it, you know, we would have done it tonight, but you know, Apex decided to um, close a bunch of parks and, yeah. no. and
0: make us miserable and mad and just constantly complain about something like going on amusement rides. But you
1: know, it's but, tough to
0: go on it. It's tough to go on amusement rides when they get closed on you and wind at up at the abandoned. same
1: time. The amusement industry is doing great, and it's uh, I, I imagine if this had closed like ten years ago. As far as not that, just just the roller coasters themselves. You would have been like, "Oh my god, they're closing some of the best coasters in the world." And Now they they've been kind of surpassed. They're still great no, rides, true. and it's sad. But the, I think like the impact of what's actually the, the, aside from Lost Coaster, because that thing is just messed up.
0: <laughs> there will really not be another one of those.
1: Yeah, I, we've I, lost. I, think I uh... it twice, and I was really excited for that. That was. You know, when it it came around that one turn that, you know, would come right in front of the mountain. No, the one last, like, rising turn that would come out of the front of the mountain. Yeah. It's just, you look at those cars and you're like, I don't know. For some reason I looked at it and I'm like, what is it running on? Like, it didn't even look real to me. It, It looked like it was running on magic because it just didn't look like the car's could ever have momentum. <laughs> they just didn't look like they th- that they would work with the laws of gravity it, or the track itself. The fact of how long that coaster is and how much track it has and how tall that height it, it just it, it it's a weird coaster, man. And it's it's that's just a, a shame. And, you know, not many, CCI, CC, yeah, not many CCIs were built because the company was only around for 10 years. They yeah. made a huge impact of the industry, but they only did about 40, 50... And we just rides. lost
0: four of them in one fell swoop. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I just, you know, I'm, I'm sad about it, but...
1: Yeah, I feel like that's... There's no positive note to end on this one, so... um. Tune in next week for something more exciting. For something positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We'll find our smile. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah.
0: We'll do something. Anyways, where can we find you doing non-depressive uh, content at?
1: Oh man, uh, on Twitter it's coaster spotting, and then on Facebook, Instagram, and the most important one, YouTube. The coaster spot. Lots of uh, updates on construction of Jersey Devil and Candemonium, and uh, just rolling through the uh, European trip vlogs. Really getting those out finally. So yes, yes, it's Enjoying so nice. The actually, it's really cool to visit it six months afterwards. It's actually like I was kind of avoiding it, but now it's just kind of like I'm like reliving the trip. It's it's awesome. So come with me.
0: Yes. I'm over on Godson Safari at Twitter, where you can find me being unnecessarily unkind to people. Um, Or maybe being necessarily unkind to people. It just depends on how I feel or how you perceive of them. Um, We will be back soon with yet another podcast,
1: and thanks for listening. Stop recording.